buckle up and get ready for the journey as we navigate the ongoing relationship between belief and life, theology and doxology, or as we like to say, theodox. Welcome to the Theodox Podcast. Hey guys, welcome back. Uh, this is the Theodox Podcast once again with Gracie and Joshua. Hello. Uh, we're doing another Q&A in case, you know, you want some A for your cues. All right, I got a softball question for you. Softball question? Like a, just a nice easy one right okay. out of the gate. I thought it was going to be like... Um, we had a, a someone ask where you got your sign from. So where did you get that? Yeah, so we got that from Etsy. They make some custom LED signs, and we bought that with some Christmas money one year. It's nice. pretty cool. So on our following up from our, our discussion on Scripture, what would you say has been the most impactful book of the Bible for you? Hmm, most impactful. I would have to say Romans. Um, it's a very deep theologically, but then it also towards the later end of um, the letter, it has a lot of like outflow from that theology right. as well. I have enjoyed Romans okay. and I feel like I could read it over and over and over again and not really get tired of it. Yeah. So just a lot of truth and then that truth leading to worship. Yeah. Worship, yeah. doxology, the practicals of life. Yeah. So what about yourself? I'm going to piggyback on your question. Um, well, I think I would probably say two books um, because I always struggle to pick just one of these, but either the Gospel of John or Romans. The Gospel of John just says a lot about the deity of Christ. Hmm. And to me, that's always just a great reminder. And um, yeah, so there's a lot. And then, of course, you have the story of Christ's life also in the book of John. Right. But uh, but yeah, always a great theological reminder throughout the book of Romans. And um, both of those books, I think, um, just have a heightened focus on God, yeah. Christ in particular, and John, and his relationship with the Father, his uh, eternal existence, all those things. But uh, yeah, that'd be me. I know we didn't really touch on this in the episode, but... A question that we have is, so we know that there are many different versions of scripture, um, of the Bible. So are there some versions that are better or worse than others? Um, wow. So I guess not to get too deep in the weeds on this. So if this is not something you're interested in, this is not going to take long. So don't get lost here and just skip. <laughs> but there are, I guess, in essence, kind of two extremes of Bible versions. You have those who make uh, a hard attempt to say we want to be a word-for-word -word translation from the original text to now. So it's a more of a language translation. And the other extreme being um, where people have tried to interpret what the Bible is saying mm -hmm. and give it more of a thought-for-thought. Thought. So, And that's also in translating language also, but that's more of interpreting what it's saying and putting it in more common language. Mm -hmm. So... Um, the, the danger in going too far to that extreme on the type that's um, not word-for-word -word translation is you're already dependent on someone else's interpretation just by reading it, whereas to focus more on a word-for-word -word translation, you're given more of just like this is purely what was said and being more open to 
how the Holy Spirit would guide you in interpretation. So um, is there some that's more dangerous than others or better than others? Um, yeah, I think so. And then you have some that are kind of in the middle that are kind of a hybrid. It's like a, right. it's like a Prius version in the middle somewhere. <laughs> they uh, seek to take some of the, you know, word for word translation as well as kind of the thought for thought. And, and so it's an easier read. And, um, but then you have like your new King James, your ESV, your North American standard, those, um, new American standard, I'm sorry, but, um, those are more literal word for word attempts. Um, so that would be, in my opinion, a better translation to read and study from and pray that God would give you that interpretation rather than like a message Bible, which is one man's interpretation and making that very easy to read. It's like it's really easy to go and read it, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's a literal word for word translation. Mm -hmm. I think that's helpful to know when choosing what you subject yourself to read in scripture. So one of the questions we got was someone asking um, if you're just starting to read the Bible, if, if you were just like, where would you start? Where would you recommend somebody start if they're just like, hey, I don't even know how to get into this. Where's the first place I go? I'm pretty sure you and I would both agree to... You think we're going to agree? I think we're going to agree. You and I would probably both say, just go ahead and jump to the very end. Go to Revelation. Read it. <laughs> <laughs> it's the most clear, most easily understood That's book. Right. And Revelation. You, you can't go wrong there. No. <laughs> no, I mean, whatever you walk away with from reading Revelation, it's right. <laughs> it's definitely right. Bingo. You're, you're good. You got to figure it out. Golden. Yeah. Just kidding. Okay. Maybe don't go straight to Revelation. It's a pretty, <laughs> pretty hard read. If so you... let's talk about that because there are different types of literature in the Bible, different types of writing. And one of the hardest to get the meaning from is that poetic, apocalyptic, symbolic writing that's in like, um, all of you know most all of revelation mm -hmm. a large portion of daniel you know so those are really are some of the hardest things to get some meaning from so yeah you're, not to say that we should avoid them no, either but to start out but to start out it's probably not the go-to <laughs> no okay <laughs> if you didn't hint our sarcasm <laughs> yeah right um let's see so starting out i would probably choose a shorter book something that's simple uh, when I say simple, I just mean like the language isn't really difficult to understand. It's fairly straightforward. One that has a lot of practicals in it. For me, I would suggest James, the book of James, being a fairly practical, easier read. I think it has five chapters, something that you can read multiple times in a month if you want to, just to keep going back through it. Are there other books that you would add to that? I'm pretty much just using all of your questions and turning them around right to back. be your questions. To go on with there being different types of writings, there are, like James is a letter. Right. So it's a very specific type of book with a very clear message and clear, clearly, clearly trying to make its point as unclearly as I just did that. <laughs> um, but, or more clearly, yeah, whatever. Whichever one. Yeah, right. So there's also books that are just narratives they're just telling a story mm -hmm. I, I would say James is a good simple read um, to me the book of Acts is a good book to go to to just say I'm just gonna start reading to see 
what this is all about and I think not only what book to read but to add to that how we read it is matters and we touched last Q&A on how do we approach theology which is when we go to scripture to ask firstly what does it say about God right and if you read the book of Acts and do that you're going to start to really get a lot of different things that you understand about God or James Mm -hmm. and these are books that aren't confusing in nature but then follow that up with two other questions and this can get much deeper but I think this is a good starting place so ask what does it say about God and break that down the Father Son and the Holy Spirit and what does it say about sinful humans like just our nature what does it say about because that's going to reveal what we are in relation to God and our need and then mm-hmm. what does it say about children of God because once we're seeing that in scripture also it's going to be revealing to us what God has done on our behalf right. what he says about his children what he's doing for his children mm-hmm. it's going to reveal his promises and his commands um, all of those sorts of things so I think whatever book you're starting to read if if you start with those three questions and just try to keep it there for a while I think it's going to reveal a lot without having to get real deep into a bunch of things that people make priorities. Are there any tips that you would give for starting out and reading scripture? I know you've kind of touched on a few of them, but maybe some of the practicals of, I, I don't know, not necessarily what time of day to read scripture, but just what might would make that discipline easier. I think a lot of times we think I don't have time to do it. Right. And, um, and a lot of times we don't necessarily have a strong desire to do it. Mm-hmm. So maybe just those two things and we won't touch on too much else. But our desire is generated by God. So we need to pray that God would give us that desire. Mm-hmm. I know for me personally, long story short, I did. I grew up playing sports and wanting to be outside. I did not read. Mm-hmm. I went through high school and didn't read a whole book. <laughs> and it feels like an accomplishment. It sounds like what <laughs> those, those are not good life goals. Um, but... I, I, uh, it wasn't until my early thirties that being in a position where I had to study scripture in order to teach it, I was studying it more and more, but it was just, it was hard and painful. And I just began to pray that God would give me a desire because I know I can't generate that. Mm -hmm. And he did. And, um, so that's something we were dependent on. And so pray, 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 pray that he would give that desire to read and secondly the practical tip is just be it's just not not trying to minimize it but a lot of times time management we have time like just to be honest i do some of my reading on the toilet yeah (laughs) i don't need to know that man no (laughs) they didn't need to know that there's time that i'm i'm just there yeah like so why not use that time use use the time that you know we're getting a little too vulnerable here (laughs) TMI, man. But but yeah, use evaluate your time, and you don't have to set aside two hours. You don't have to set aside, you know. But you, if you sit back and go through, okay, most every day I'm eating breakfast and I'm scrolling social media for forty five minutes mm-hmm. while I'm doing that. Could I be reading the Bible? Mm-hmm. And you know, there there's a place to just kind of fit it in that natural rhythm of mm-hmm. life, rather than thinking you have to you know set aside a big chunk of time yeah that's what I actually started doing it's funny that you use that as an example no not reading on the toilet (laughs) 
I started um, maybe a year or so ago reading when I'm eating breakfast because I was realizing I'm just scrolling social media. There's really like I could be using this time so much better. Yeah. Um, and the cool thing is, and this wasn't something that I intentionally sought after, but now when I eat breakfast without reading my Bible, it feels weird. And it's like I'm missing something. And so it's become a, such a habit and a discipline that when I'm not doing it, it feels strange. Yeah. So not like that was my original intention, but I think it's helpful even for that to kind of spark a, wait a second, I'm supposed to be doing this, you know, it kind of reminds me in essence, okay, let me open this up and read it because it does feel weird when I'm not doing it. So if you start fasting breakfast, you're not going to read the Bible. Pretty much. No, <laughs> which you won't catch me fasting breakfast either. We mention in the episode about scripture, a few things that validates scripture. What um, do you think are some things that keep people from believing scripture? I think the desire by the world to invalidate scripture is primarily because we don't want to submit to scripture. So I don't think that historical proof is really needed for people to believe it. I don't think that archaeological proof is needed or linguistical proof is needed. I think the issue is we don't want to submit to truth of an almighty creator. And uh, because that's really the biggest issue Mm -hmm. is, you know, the Bible opens up with in the beginning, God created. And that is that sets everything in its place. And that's what we are defying throughout our natural humanity and so yes we could people can uh, submit proofs um, both sides for and against the bible and there are people that say well these certain you know discoveries led me to giving the bible a chance well that's all well and good but it is through recognizing God is God and he's the creator and I'm going to submit to him and his truth that is ultimately that ultimately matters mm-hmm. so um, I, I think that is really the biggest issue is whether or not we're going to submit to God mm-hmm. so a pride issue in essence you oh, think? absolutely yeah yeah pride saying no I won't submit to any other authority except for myself yeah I get to choose that that's not true because I don't want to submit Right. You know, so I would agree with that. We are some pretty prideful people. I, I do have one more question, I guess. Uh-oh. So I think we, we kind of touched on this in our episode, but let's see if we can develop this anymore. Why do you, why is it really important for us to read the Bible to firstly know God rather than to read the Bible to firstly get advice for our lives? Well, when we approach scripture to first know about how to fix our lives, we won't have the why behind it. Um, Because if I know that I'm created in God's image, but I'm like, well, what is God's image? You know, like that why, or I don't know if that makes sense, but to just have a bunch of do's and don'ts and trying to fix my life 
isn't necessarily going to address the heart issue. Right. And what's more important? The heart. I mean, obviously, Scripture says the heart is deceitful above all else. Like, you aren't supposed to trust it. So if I just want to address making my life better, whether that's through wealth or if that's through circumstances, relationships, whatever, and trying to fix these things, ultimately it doesn't change my heart at all. And the heart is what matters from all of it. But what I guess, what would you add to that? Do you, do you agree? Or you kind of caught me off guard with that one? Well, good. (laughs) (laughs) No, I, I, I agree. Absolutely. Um, I think our tendency is to is to want to know answers. Right. We want to know quick fixes. Like I know one of the things that I kind of try to stress and try to remind myself of this. This is firstly where I need to go and do go hopefully is to say um if I go to scripture to figure out how to fix my life and I get all these things fixed but I don't know God, then ultimately there's no eternal good. Right. So I need to go to scripture firstly to know God and trusting that in that, in that heart transformation, which is going to transform my mind and my actions, I am going to see those things applied in my life simply because of the Holy Spirit working out that change in me Mm -hmm. and, and versus getting all this stuff, you know, fixed, quote unquote, because I was able to follow the instructions and then never having any heart change and ultimately being damned forever. Mm-hmm. And it's, what is the point? What's yeah. the point in getting it all figured out or getting ways of fixing my finances or my marriage or whatever and not having any eternal good from it? Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the biggest uh, well, issues and that's because, exactly what we were hitting on with the yeah in essence if we if I'm putting all of my um I guess my worth and my significance in fixing this scenario you know and I will be at peace then yeah and that's what we're striving after is peace when our lives are fixed then ultimately when something else goes wrong that wasn't wrong originally oh there that peace goes again you know it's it's out the window so when we go to scripture to know God, we have a peace that is constant through all of those things. When our lives are a wreck and isn't fixed in essence, as far as our circumstances. Yeah. So it's an, it's an underlying peace because we know who our creator is. We have hope in him. We find rest in him. We submit to him. So that is, that is the ultimate purpose of scripture is to know who we who he is yeah um and then the other things fall into place right and the tendency is to jump right to application right and that's how we we read you know about getting gideon putting his fleece out and we go oh we're supposed to put fleeces out before Mm -hmm. god because we're jumping right to application when we're not taking the time to just say let me just understand god and his truth and you know even no matter what it is you know, you can read the most practical book in the Bible and come up with practical truths, and those are well and good um, and necessary. Mm-hmm. But before application is knowing God, and mm-hmm. I think that's a priority to keep in order is I need to know God first and allow him to work out that application right. through 
heart change and not just, and I guess the terms that were used, you know, we've talked about before is external conformity or internal transformation. Right. And so we don't just want to be, you know, outwardly conforming to, and be a void on the inside. We want to be changed into new creations and from that have the application roll out of us. Mm -hmm. So application it comes after knowing God. Yeah. Thanks for watching. Hopefully there was something here of help to you. And um, if you have any other questions, comments, things you'd like to correct us on, submit it and uh, we'll Feel roll free. Out. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all take care. Have a great day. Bye guys. <laughs>